Welcome to the LaRouge Rugby Podcast with your hosts, Derek Brissett, Stu Hardy, and Dan Murphy. Windsor, flat ball to Howden. Howden, his three-year-old son, Williams, watching. Again, another steal from the Arrows. They've done it all day. Foil the Sabre Cats on attack. So the men in blue from up north have possession through Cellini and Shepard. Asiata not using that pod. Stop, stop. Low driving kick there from Flav Taylor Adams. Forces Esdale all the way back. He's with Freda, 23 year old. Puts him in his left boot. Stop here, stop well positioned though is Adams. Such an entertaining player. Oh, and he finds the ball back in the inside. This is magic. Here we go. It's a free run to the line. Dan Moore doesn't need the hair salon. It just blows in the wind. Oh, and what a celebration. Moore's pure gold. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the LaRouge Rugby Podcast. I am your host for today, Derek Brissett. I have been promoted. Dan, um, he apparently placed a bet on the All Blacks to beat Argentina this weekend, and we haven't seen him since. So if anybody knows about where Dan is, feel free to send us a message on any of our social medias, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at LaRouge Rugby. Let us know where you have seen Dan, because as far as I know, he placed that bet and then hasn't been seen. Apparently, it's for a quite significant amount of money, so I'm sure nobody is looking for him um but yeah so dan's gone anyways i'm here though with Stu hardy who placed a bet on argentina so he's the happiest man in the world um <laughs> did you actually did you actually do that did you place a bet on argentina Stu? oh uh, i wish i wish i had i wish i had um well that's the thing and for my normal nine to five is actually four till midnight so when i saw that kickoff was about 3 a.m toronto time i was like oh yeah, you know, was it, Argentina it was, it was just like it was at like one. It was like, like it was at one. It was one. Oh. Yeah, you could have stayed. Well, then I was definitely asleep because I'm normally awake at nine and then asleep by midnight because that's my that's how yeah. my schedule works. But exactly, that's how tired I was. I didn't even know what time the kickoff was. I was just yeah. like, ah, uh, you know, it'll I'll be in bed. You know, Argentina, they've never beaten the All Blacks. What's the chance that they're gonna win this time? Well. <laughs> Well, what an interesting thing to wake up to. So you know what? That was actually, I think, obviously, abs- congrats to the Pumas. Um, absolutely massive victory beating the All Blacks for the first time in the rugby championship. First team from the Americas to defeat the iconic All Blacks. And, you know, it was absolutely a thrilling game. It was amazing. We'll yeah. Kind of start by talking about that a little bit. Um, but I thought for me, I'd made the decision to stay up and watch it. And I am so happy that I did to be able to get to see that live. And then I went to bed at around like three 30 or whenever the game was done, tried to w- wake up for uh, Italy, Scotland at the start of the autumn nations cup. I kind of slept through the first 20 minutes or so of that game, but the attempt was there. Um, but I think one of my favorite things was like when I woke up in the morning, checking like going through twitter and you could do it up until like 11 or 12 just waking up and seeing all the people that are also waking up and realizing that the art that the pumas just beat the all blacks um and so it's like hey if you decided to sleep 
that sucks. Um, you missed a great game live, but Stu, you caught the replay though, Stu? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, saw the replay and I was just impressed because, um, obviously New Zealand weren't the, weren't firing on all cylinders like they normally are, especially against teams like Argentina. But I did see the, uh, New Zealand Argentina game from last year's rugby championship reduce, of course, prior to the world cup and Argentina did put in a good fight. And then obviously it was a standard all black performance of they win the game, no matter how far behind they are in the uh, final 20 minutes. So there had been promise uh, Argentina could at least take it to the all blacks, but Oh man, I mean, Nicolas Sanchez, take a bow, you know, scored all 25 points for the Pumas, you know, and it was the Argentinian forwards that are getting over the ball, forcing the errors on New Zealand. And f- and as soon as they're in um, the All Blacks half, uh, Sanchez would just go for the post or in one case, the try as well. And, you know, because that, that's the thing, points win games. It doesn't matter how flash your tries are if you don't score tries. And I think it was a tremendous effort from everyone involved, both the Argentinian players as well as the backroom staff as well. Yeah, actually, um, this so this loss, it kind of I kind of went down a little bit of an all blacks losing rabbit hole just for fun. Um, and part part of doing that, I was actually kind of curious, like who has like the most points against the All Blacks, like just as an individual player. And for some, like, and I don't, like, it surprised me. Maybe it doesn't surprise other people um, or, but like, I don't know. It might not surprise other people, but it surprised me that Nicholas Sanchez actually has the second most points all time against the All Blacks at 151. Um, So at the very least, the Pumas, he's putting up points when they play, um, despite the fact that they, this is their first victory. Sanchez has been putting up points at the very least. Number one goes to Matt Burke, um, from Australia. So that kind of makes, makes sense. sense. Australia is the yeah. team that has beaten them the most. And, um, the other, you know, other names on, on, in the top five, Matt Giddell, Morton Stein, uh, Michael Tanya, um, Sanya. Um, so, um, you know, they're all Aussies and Springboks. So it's, you know, it's kind of cool seeing uh, um, Sanchez up there. Um, and, you know, it's uh, it was just a great performance. I think like the iconic thing that's going to stand out from that game is obviously going to be uh, Pablo Mantera's speech um, four minutes into the game after um, uh, Shannon Frizzell decided to start a little bit of nonsense that uh, Mantera decided he was going to go finish. Um, so, you know, and he got the, the little talking to from the ref and, um, you know, he, he rebutted it by saying, it's like, look, man, I'm playing for my country. They're going to show us some respect. And um, the All Blacks certainly are showing you all the respect in the world now. Um, phenomenal performance. And, you know, it's, like just the the back line, um, Rodrigo Bruni, Marcus Kremer, like phenomenal. Or sorry, not the back line, the back row, excuse me, is what I meant to say there. But Bruni, Kremer, Materov, like just phenomenal. Um, like they 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 like they were just breakdown machines, creating penalties, creating turnovers, good, strong carries with ball in hand. They were just, you know, just absolutely causing all sorts of problems for the all blacks um and yeah like it's just absolutely beautiful to watch phenomenal game from them um you already touched on sanchez to scoring all the points there um just remarkable um 
just crazy. Um, and you know, even um, Santiago Chaco Barris and Santiago Gradona. Um, your first cap, you beat the All Blacks. Um, I don't, I don't know if you if you can have a better a better debut than that. Um, so that's super cool. Something to tell the uh, the grandkids about. And then, um, but you know, I gotta say, like, I think I think the uh, my favorite one of my favorite things about watching uh, when the All Blacks lose, it's just reading and i'm like i'm an all-black fan i consider myself like an all-black fan as far as you know if canada's not playing which international team i tend to go for it's definitely the all-blacks one of the teams that really first got me into watching rugby um and my absolute favorite thing is when they lose is just i just go to new zealand media and it's chaos and i kind of i enjoy the chaos a little bit it's funny Oh, absolutely. Um, I remember back in 2015, it was the New Zealand versus Namibia at the World Cup. And within the first half, New Zealand had gotten the bonus point when they were just, you know, it's basically how much can Namibia limit the damage, so to speak. And in the second half, Namibia scored a try and it was the loudest reaction anyone could have had in that stadium when that ball went down for Namibia. And um, so the next day I'm checking out uh, like the news articles of the game and one came up from New Zealand that said, oh, you know, this is the end of the modern All Blacks because Namibia had scored a try. Never mind the fact that New Zealand had scored nine in the same game. It was the fact that the All Blacks had allowed one to slip through them. And what's even funnier is that in 2019, Namibia didn't even get to score a try. So, you know, maybe uh, that article did give them a kick up the backside to uh, refuse to allow such such blasphemy to never happen to them again. Yeah, ex- exactly. I saw um, on the 15, the, you know, Rugby Pass is a little like extra premium site there. There's an article from Gregor Paul, and it literally says, what's become apparent now is that the All Blacks are in the midst of a significant crisis. It's like, they lost two in a row, guys. Two. It's hilarious. It's so like, I wish I, I wish... Like it's like it kind of reminds me honestly of how Canadian media reacts when Canada loses in a hockey game or if yeah. Canada loses a tournament or something. It's funny and it's like it's so like like Argentina like is down like this is like their first win and it's like we're celebrating it so much because like beating the All Blacks is an occasion. Like yeah. it's it's rare like that you and like unless you're the Wallabies, the Springboks, and then maybe France and England. If you beat the All Blacks, that is the highlight of your career. Yeah, basically, like it's like you know what I mean. Like I mean, there's there's a lot of players that it's like you beat the All Blacks once. Like when you're 60 years old and you're like reminiscing about your days playing, you know, professional international rugby, playing at the test level. It's like the thing that you talk about. And I'm sure it'll be the thing that a lot of these Argentinian players talk about to their grandkids is going to be. Yeah. Remember that time we beat the All Blacks because it's still, you know, it's still it still doesn't happen very like as often like obviously you know the, the run right now isn't as dominant as it once was but it's just mm-hmm. it's still it's still in that realm of like when you see things it's like are you in crisis and it's like you lost you lost two games but it's also like that's the standard that the all blacks have built for themselves mm-hmm. and that they live up to and i remember um in uh on amazon prime they have not only can you watch the six nations in the uk 
you have to watch it on or the automations cup you have to watch it on uh the zone here but you can apparently do that um but the other rugby content that they have they had the the all blacks um is it all or nothing the all black like the docu-series and remember watching that and that goes through the 2017 season and it shows when they they beat argentina 36 to 10 to clinch the rugby championship and there's a voiceover with kieran reed and he literally says to win to win the championship um is great and we're proud of each other but we really let ourselves down with the way we played today and it's like you you won the championship. Like imagine like Owen Farrell being like, yeah, you know, it's cool. We won the Six Nations, but yeah, no, we suck today. <laughs> or whatever. It's like that's not a thing that Owen Farrell's gonna say. Uh, like or whatever. It's just the, the tone, the, the thing is a different level. Then of course that final episode kind of goes on to be like, you know, they have a debate about whether like who the biggest rival to the All Blacks is. And it's like done over like they have to play the the Wallabies in the spring box. And the end of the episode just kind of concludes that the biggest rival to the All Blacks is themselves. Cause yeah. they have to you have to if you're an all you have to live up to the past or whatever. Mm-hmm. And right now the All Blacks aren't doing that. And but it's like the thing I'm looking forward to right now is like Argentina just beat the All Blacks. How cool would it be if they do it again on uh November 28th? That'll be like maybe like you know if you start maybe maybe if you start losing a three in a row, maybe this maybe it's the panic button is time to come down in New Zealand. But um that would be something that's not like the most the game I'm most looking forward to the rest of the rugby calendar year is the, uh, the rematch between the uh, the Pumas and the All Blacks, just to kind of see, one to see a obviously to see if Argentina can do it again, and mm-hmm. with like see if their defense will play to that just absolute perfection that they brought. Um, yeah. I think I saw a stat that said they had they had one handling error. Like that's just you played like Argentina played flawless. Like you yeah. can't you can't nitpick and there's nothing in the game that you can pick apart and it's like it'll and to do that against the All Blacks is amazing. Um, that I loved that Mantera stood up for the boys immediately. Didn't take yeah. any nonsense. Um, you know Frizzell and Coles kind of slapping players and stuff is just like I haven't seen the All Blacks do that in a while. Just kind of completely lose their cool and sort of be idiots. Um, mm-hmm. That's a rare thing to see the All Blacks do. Um, so I would imagine they don't do that again. Um, and I would imagine they're like you know they kind of got a little bit of pride to kind of come back for too in the yeah. rematch. And um, Caleb Clark probably scored the worst first test try in history i'm sure you'll you'll never you'll never that it's cool 80th minute game you already lost to the pumas not exactly a whole lot of fanfare surrounding that anything from the uh the autumn nations cups do i know we're we're going on about pumas and the all blacks we haven't talked about your boys from wales yet uh do we have to moving on Uh, yeah let's move on 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 something else yeah um yeah so uh well wales they kind of sucked eh? like on, uh, on uh i think kind of is kind of is putting it lightly to uh be honest i mean they their defense coach first of all the fact that they had a defense coach considering their game against france and scotland um prior to the autumn nations cup uh their defense coach left just before the start of the Autumn Nations Cup. They don't have a replacement in place, and therefore they're just using defense from the current coaching 
uh, setup. It which looked would be like fun. they didn't have a defense coach. It looked like they didn't have an attack coach or a plan or they don't. He's, basic he's in strategy. Toronto now. The attack coach is in Toronto now. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing Canada's uh, future attack coming into play. Um, but, you know, I've got to say the big concern for me that's going in for next week isn't for Wales, it's for Ireland, because uh, Johnny Sexton, the talisman of Ireland, uh, went down uh, pretty badly in that game. And now it's going to be the question of what is Ireland's uh, plan without Sexton in Burns, play? Burns went down in the second half after that, too. So God. Irish um, fly halves then. Fly halves, just, fly, yeah. I'm sure they'll uh, figure You just it can't out. find the players anymore. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll they'll figure it out. I think they they got some options there, um, but yeah, I thought I thought uh, yeah, I just thought Wales' defense was just like it. They weren't coming up uniform. It was all disjointed. Ireland yeah. was able to utilize that. Yeah, uh, just a yeah. crazy crazy weekend of rugby. It's a shame uh, Fiji France didn't get off. I feel like that would have been a really entertaining game. I think that um, would have been a good one as well. But, yeah, uh, obviously the COVID issues. Um, were prevalent within uh, the Fijian team because they were retested, I think, on Thursday mm-hmm. going into Friday. And there were more cases and it was just the um, uh, the authorities behind um, the Awesome Nations Cup made the call to cancel the games. So no points for either of those teams at this point. So um, that, that'll be interesting going into um, round three because, well, hopefully uh, France and Fiji can play their two remaining games, but it means that three teams at this moment have zero match points in um, in the Pool B. Mm. Uh, so that'll be interesting when it comes to the final round of who gets allocated where. But, you know, that's um, we can talk about that in a couple of weeks' time when hopefully both those um, teams have played those extra two games. Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, you know, the other two games, um, Scotland kind of, you know, barely held off Italy, who uh, played quite well. Mm-hmm. And um, England in the, uh, to be honest, I actually really love them. The striking navy blue jerseys, they look good. Um, not, tra- good. not traditional England, but um, they look good. Um, I was actually, and, you know, they just, they destroyed Georgia. Um, yeah, that's not a whole lot that... of analysis from that. Um, when your hooker yeah. has a hat trick, all the analysis yeah. you need. That's it. This game. That's, um, yeah, that was just dominant. I was actually, um, it was interesting to like see that. I was, I wasn't aware that Italy, or um, England was going to be rocking the uh, the blue jerseys, mm-hmm. and um, I was actually watching the Saracens women versus the Wasp women, checking out uh, Sophie De Goody's um, first start in Premier Fifteens. Um, she played excellent, by the way. Um, lots of tackles. Was very active around the breakdowns. Had a uh, line out steal um in um a very entertaining game the saracens got a monster lead i think it was 33 to 3 by the end of the first half and then wasp just came back to within a try um and you, you know what it's one of those things where it's like hey they, they went down they you know part of their covid rules is they cut uh five minutes off each half and it's like yeah you know you kind of look at that and it's like hey man if they if they had if the wasp had that extra 10 minutes um, they could have, uh, they, they, they might've been able to pull that out. Um, mm. so maybe it's, maybe Saracens got lucky with that one a little bit. 
But um, I look was at the start of that. And I had them on like the two screens and I glanced over and it took me like, like I was kind of confused. I'm like, why don't I recognize any of these players on England? Oh, they're in blue. I was like, because yeah. I was also like, why would Georgia be wearing blue either? But I was like mm. the, uh, the burgundy and red kind of, or the burgundy and white kind of looks like red and white. So um, it took, it, there was a slight moment of confusion in my brain seeing it, but I do like the blue jerseys overall. Yeah, well, um, I think they're also contracted to play another game in those blue jerseys. I don't know if that'll be against Ireland or Wales. Yeah, um, oh, got to make that money, man. Gotta, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like uh, sign on the dotted line. That's what. Yeah. If uh, you said that you're going to wear the jersey twice, and you're going to have to wear it twice. Although I am hoping Wales can play in their black jersey at some point during this competition, because that. That, that's a pretty, yeah. that's a pretty they don't, nice jersey. They don't look like Liverpool if they play in the no. black jersey. Um, I no, thought they look, like, they look like Canada. Scotland's new uh, uh, Macron kit looks pretty sharp, though, with the uh, the blue and the gold, the gold kind of striping and highlights on it. The only downside, the I'd color. say, is the shorts. The shorts have the gold banding between the between, legs, yeah. which of, makes it look like every player uh, um, weird, was yeah. caught short on the pitch, which yeah, uh, you know, yeah, isn't the best look to have. It's kind of weird, yeah. Um, but also, that was another point I wanted to bring up. Argentina, collars. All I'm saying, you yes. want to win rugby games? Let's go. Collars. Yeah, yeah, kit manufacturers, definitely. toss some collars on. <laughs> Looking at you, every MLR team that's not the Free Jacks who already did that. Love you, Free Jacks. That was brilliant. <laughs> All right. Moving on to another team that doesn't have collars and also... I guess realistically, no need for kit at all anymore. The Toronto Wolfpack, you know, we we kind of dive into league a little bit on this podcast just because there is a professional team in our city. Um, unfortunately, that professional team seems to be no more as they were um, pretty heavily voted in a Super League, pretty heavily in favor voted against the Wolfpack coming back to Super League for the 2021 season. As it currently stands right now, they're still trying to figure out who that 12th team will be. There's a little bit of, you know, people saying there's some shady procedures happening um, with Super League and how the Wolfpack were kicked out. Um, so, Stu, um, I'll turn it over to you to kind of start this. Um, just uh, your thoughts on um, the Wolfpack's departure from Super League here. I think, um, first of all, my heart goes out to all the Wolfpack fans out there who listen to this podcast because you know we've we're fortunate enough that um for MLR and for the Toronto Arrows we know that there's going to be a competition next season they're going to be playing and we know they're going to win the Eastern Conference and lift the shield it's it's just a fact of what's going to happen um but the rugby league team um Wolfpack They've been in this limbo for the past few months, ever since the Wolfpack announced that they were withdrawing from the 2020 Super League competition. So for all this to happen, it wasn't looking good for a while. And But there was hope. There was um, many of the other professional teams in Toronto are actually tweeting their support for the Wolfpack. Um, but this decision has been... Um, final essentially uh brian mcdermott um gave an interview with sky sports and he was saying that he had to tell everyone that they were out of a job as after that uh, decision had been made which he obviously said wasn't ideal to do he also talked about the issues that had been present in the wolf pack prior to their withdrawal from 
Super League. So he wasn't, you know, whitewashing any of um, the Wolfpack's history, especially when it comes to like the financial side of it, as um, had been made public. Um, players and staff had, hadn't been paid for a number of months prior to the announcement to withdraw from Super League. But there was a plan in place to continue uh, Wolfpack going forward. However, Wolfpack has made the announcement that they have been in contact with Ticketmaster to say that they will not be playing in 2021. So there doesn't even seem to be the option of returning to the championship or well, even to well, yeah, well, the lower leagues. The Carlo Lavossi, the new prospective owner, was saying that he only wanted to buy the team if they were in Super League. So, you know, based yeah. on that info, if they're if they're not in Super League, then it's like, yeah. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, Argyle's obviously out. He's made enough mistakes and running this mm -hmm. franchise already. And is, in my opinion, a big reason why they're in the situation that they are in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But, you know, so it's like if, if Lavad, the only, who is, I mean, the only person that's really stepped up and said that they are, were considering buying the Wolf back. And he was like, if we're not in yeah. Super League, there's no point to this. And so, yeah, yeah like, I, I, it's not, like, I mean, I don't, there hasn't really been, I guess, an official, like, hey, we're folding the uh, Wolfpack no, or no more from them. But it's really not looking overly no, it's, hopeful at this point. The, yeah, the only way I can see it is similar to what uh, the other pro rugby league team in Canada, the Ottawa Aces, are doing which is they are they've also delayed their involvement yeah. in super league there now to 2022 but everything from there and still seems to be going ahead the difference between um the aces and the wolf pack is that the aces have basically a relocated version of the hemel stags yeah. so you know um following on the american tradition of relocating your team to another city is uh, what's happened with um ottawa uh, but from everything on their end, everything seems to be okay. They're just because of COVID, they're just deferring to um, twenty twenty. Well, that's the other thing too is is like I mean, fr from my understanding and looking at this, and obviously there's been many people, uh, many reporters, Wolfpack fans especially, um, that have really have been, you know, there's there's been a couple of images of like what the rfl document that robert elstone used to kind of come to the decision what it's looked like and you know people are kind of pointing out some of the hilarious ish mistakes that are might be in it um i think the, the one that seems to be circulating a lot was the toronto maple leaves um with the uh, l-e-a-v-e-s um so that, that was one but nobody's really verified how accurate those tweets are yet or those yeah. leaks are um so it's it's kind of up in the air still but it's like i think it seems to me like um the rfl the super league didn't want the wolf pack there to begin with and they yeah. looked, they needed a reason to kick them out they found the reason to kick them out and they kicked them out yeah um which is kind of what that seems so i mean like if you're ottawa and kind of looking at that like i don't think like a perennial league one team in a different continent because like league one like those guys are semi-pro right like that was a big problem for players coming to play the wolf pack um yeah. in the first year right it was like guys were like i can't take that time off work to come play for the wolf against the wolf pack right i can take yeah. the time off work to go practice at night and i can take the time off and like I, it's a weekend where I can go play and I can make a road trip to wherever you have to go in England. Um, 
but you know, to but you can't take Toronto, a week off to yeah, fly to, to, fly to Toronto, right? Like that was a problem for a lot of teams in the first year in League One. So I don't know how how well that's going to work or whatever. I think like and now you're just kind of seeing, hey, Super League's going to block this. Um, how excited are you? Um, right and. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I think to be honest, it was like, I think looking at the whole situation, there seems to be a lot of people that are like the blame a hundred percent lies with the RFL and super league. And then there seems to be another group of people where it's like the, um, you know, who are like the wolf pack can do no wrong. Um, so they blame, or sorry, the wolf pack can do no wrong and they completely blame super league. Then there's the other people that are like, um, super league is great and we don't like the wolf pack anyway. So it's all the wolf pack's fault. Um, and yeah, realistic, I was going to say realistically, the answer is somewhere in between. Yeah, yeah I, that's the thing. I think Brian McDermott was um, probably the closest with it. I mean, obviously he has bias from being the Wolfpack coach, but he did make it clear that, you know, um, the Wolfpack aren't blameless. There were mistakes yeah. made. There were problems that needed addressing and that with this new plan in place, they, with the new owner, they would be able to address them and be able to go forward. But that's no longer the case. One of the rumored um, other buyers was uh, the Toronto Arrows. I, I have no idea where this rumor came from. See, but- that's what I was kind of going at with some of these. And I know you will kind of want to get into um, what Bill Webb decided to post in response. So I'll let you kind of cover that, Stu. But that was one of the things. So it's like on the official Wolfpack fan group Facebook page, someone posted a link to the account um, Super Rogue League on Twitter, um, at Super underscore Rogue who has apparently is an account with just 261 followers as we're recording this on Sunday night right now, but has apparently been leaking parts of the agreement and of the document that the wolf or that RFL used or the super league used um, for the wolf pack. And that particular tweet that um, the person in the Wolfpack fan group linked to it, to their account has since been deleted. So I will admit that I didn't see the tweet on time before it was deleted. Um, but the conversation that follows in the actual discussion seems to be hi- highlighting on the, I guess the arrows buying the Wolfpack, um, which um, Bill Webb quickly denied um, yeah. within the Wolfpack fan group itself. Yeah. Well, that's it. Bill Webb went on to the Toronto Arrows uh, fan page. And the Wolf Facebook. Pack one. He posted it and, in both. It's in both. Uh, well, that's well. apparently I'm not invited to the Wolfpack fan page. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he um, quickly put the rumor to bed, said the Arrows did not bid, nor will they bid yeah. to buy the Wolfpack. So that's what I'm saying. That, that tweet must have said something interesting to make him actually feel the need to respond. So, but I think, it's down. Well, it's deleted. So yeah. I have no idea what so, it says, yeah. admittedly. No. Well, I think that's the thing is uh, obviously um, they just see like some people may just see like rugby in the same um, name under the club and they're like, oh, okay, well, maybe this club will take over this. Um, Not the case. Um, Bill did go on to say um, he supports rugby league as well. He's not on one of these like one code or the other, which I think is great for especially um, Canadian rugby as a whole, both union and league, because the whole um, cross-code rivalry um, stems from like the 1800s in England. And come on, we're in in the 21st century now. We don't need to... And in Canada. (laughs) Yeah. 
21st different century different continent i think we can progress beyond such petty nonsense um but he did also express his condolences to um the fans of Wolfpack saying that you know he understood where the problems were coming from he also um praised them in the same way by also he also promoted the arrows and said any Wolfpack fan can come along to an arrows game and they're going to see similar things they're going to see the beer garden which is something that the Wolfpack um you know one of the specialties that was at Wolfpack games which you didn't get in uh uh north of the M6 corridor and you know, and so he's saying that, you know, the, the environment's still there. The game's a bit different. There's uh, four extra players on the pitch. But if you come along and support the Arrows, you know, it'll still be at Lamport as well. So, you know, something to uh, be in all familiar grounds as well. And, you know, the Arrows are there to welcome the Wolfpack fans with open arms and say, you know, you know it's not what you wanted, but, you know, there is similarities and... Yeah, you know, and I think it's just uh, good nature in general to help promote Canadian rugby, regardless yeah. of which division of if it's league or union. And you know, I'm hoping we can see some Wolfpack fans come along, see what the Arrows experience is like, see how very similar it is to the Wolfpack experience, and you know, we hope to see them in the uh, 2021 MLR season. Yeah, I think it's obviously I think it's a smart move for Bill to kind of especially in the Wolfpack fan group to kind of reach out to the fans and be like, yeah, come to an Arrows game. Um, you know, obviously, you know, anybody that is a sports fan um, or is especially those that like you, you kind of hinted at um, into the uh, the North American style where teams get relocated and stuff a lot. Um, if your team gets relocated, your team folds. It sucks. Um, sports sports is a big part of people's lives um, whether you play it or you just are a passionate fan um, so if your team's taken away it sucks um, it, it, it does and I know um, and like it it really does and I think like there's just the, like I don't know I think like to like the Wolfpack it's like hey man maybe maybe there's some learnings that other teams or MLR teams and stuff can even kind of take from it like want, like don't give away free tickets um, like, you know, make people, make people pay for them and stuff. Right. Now that's obviously something that the Wolfpack were, were super heavily criticized, um, for, and, you know, I know there's some people that kind of want to say that they didn't do that or whatever, but I mean, let's be honest. It's like everybody knew a way to get a free Wolfpack ticket somehow. Um, and if you didn't, you just didn't look or you didn't care to look. Um, uh, so you have to do that. I mean, Sonny Bill Williams contract. I think that's like, that can be like, that's a warrant. Like that should be like, you know, anybody like starting up a new franchise, like take that as like, that's, that's a bit of a warning, right? Yeah. Like you have Sonny Bill Williams was signed for 10 million uh, New Zealand dollars, which is the equivalent of 2.48 million pounds per season. Obviously super league has the marquee player rule. So we only had 150 K against the cap but 2.4 million pounds per season the salary cap in super league is 2.1 million pounds and yeah right and it's like you know one of the biggest issues the big issue that even the players on the wolf pack who when the wolf pack were announced to not be coming back to super league obviously all tweeted out their sympathies and how much they they loved it but earlier we're like hey guys like we're not getting paid right now 
and all like the problems that they were having by the fact that they weren't getting paid and not the fact that the players couldn't get paid ended up being one of the biggest sort of, I guess, the contributors of one of the biggest ongoing stories of this past year for the Wolfpack. And it's like, there's part of me that looks at it and it's like, like, I can't help but wonder how much of that is because you owe Sonny Bill Williams more than the salary gap. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't help, but like, I, like you have one, like the other teams in super league all, well, I mean, they all survived, I guess, through COVID. Um, They had their own problems and stuff, but it was like, like the Wolfpack's salary in theory is twice the size of every other team because they signed Sonny Bill Williams to this absolutely ludicrous amount of money. And yeah. I don't fault Sonny Bill Williams for that. I mean, that's all on, like I said, that's all on David Argyle. Like, why would you yeah. offer that? That's insane, right? It's like, it, it's the equivalent. Like, if the uh, the MLR offers one player a $620,000 contract, yeah. it's like, what are you doing? Like, that makes no, like, that's, no. Like, the whole point of a salary cap is to f- f- prevent nonsense like this from happening. Um, so it's like, I don't know. I kind of look at that. Obviously, there's a couple of lawsuits and stuff, too. Um which I mean, like it is, I mean, yeah, there is like, there was a like, like you said, like even McDermott to touch on it. It's like the organization certainly wasn't run perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. But Super League also probably didn't help them, um, no. which is unfortunate. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't really want to end conversations on negatives and stuff. I know I kind of looped this around to some of, you know, things that, you know, other teams can maybe use as like warnings, like, you know, make sure you're running, you know, make sure people pay for tickets and don't offer ridiculous contracts because eventually you do have to pay for them. Um, but, um, so do you have any, um, like, what's one of your, like your, your favorite Wolfpack memories as we look back on um, the Wolfpack existence here? So... Uh, my friends and I, when it were, it would have been last season and it was getting towards the end of the season where uh, the Wolfpack had um, finished top of the table and still had five or six games to go. And we started a chant that went to the tune of K Sarah Sarah. And it's bitter to look, uh, to think of this in hindsight, but it went K Sarah Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. We're going to Super League, K Sarah Sarah. And we started. They did uh, go ch- to Super League. Well, they did. So, did for about five games. Um, anyway, so we started doing that because the Wolfpack would be leading by half time. And so, in the final half, we would just start singing it um, in the sands. And then, when it came to the million pound game, and they were behind at halftime and I was getting flashbacks to the 2018 million pound game where they were behind at halftime as well and we were enjoying the second half when the Wolfpack took the lead and we started singing it and then in the final quarter we overheard other fans singing it before we started which so I thought that 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 was that was pretty cool everyone was getting into the mood of it and then obviously winning that game and just seeing the reaction from a full out full sold out Lamport stadium, just cheering that their team had now reached the pinnacle that they were going to super league, obviously uh, knowing what we know now, maybe we wouldn't have cheered so loudly, but um, no, that, that moment was a great moment. I think for any fan of the Wolfpack. 
Yeah. Um, I got one that's not not so much. It's weird. It happened at a Wolfpack game, but is it, it doesn't necessarily really involve the Wolfpack other than the I guess other than the fact that it was at the game. Um, in their first year, League One, um, I went with uh, my dad to um, a game, and they, they were playing the University of Gloucestershire All Golds. Um, a, a team that actually no longer exists anymore. They folded after that season. Um, but during, um, you know, a- after the game, me and my dad, we had like one or two beer tokens left. So we're like, ah, this can't go to waste. Um, so we went and we grabbed another pint and we hung out in the beer garden. And, you know, um, the old golds players and staff came over and they were having beers and stuff. And we ended up in a conversation with this guy named David friend, who was like their equipment manager at the time. And we were just kind of talking and like, he was mentioning the blah, blah, like he was like, you know, explaining like the history of the all golds, how they got their name and stuff, um, which is all like a really cool story. And, um, uh, about, about like basically being uh, players from New Zealand that were playing rugby league for money. So the all golds, because it was like a greed thing, because you're playing for money mm-hmm. or whatever. And the old, yeah. the old league union split that happened yeah. back in the day. Right. Um, so it was cool listening to them tell that story. But, um, you know, during that conversation, the conversation kind of started with um, me being like, like, I was just like, yeah, like you, you guys have like really cool, like the all golds got their butts kicked or whatever. It was a typical like, <laughs> Wolfpack in League One thrashing by like 95 points or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and we we're just like, ah, you guys have like really cool jerseys though. Like your kit looks great. It was like the, uh, the double blue had like the league, that traditional league like Chevron over it mm-hmm. and stuff. And, um, because, um, David Fretton was the equipment manager. He was like, Oh, you like, you liked the kid. He was like, yeah. Like he was like, Oh, like I'll send you some or whatever. Oh, and, um, nice. so I was like, Oh, so I like, he gave me his email and then we like talked a little bit during the season. And then when the season was over, he actually sent me two all golds jerseys. They're up on my Instagram page. Um, at okay. set the jet. I have them both kind of hanging up as a post there. Um, they're still sort of hanging up. Um, kind of between moves and stuff right now so they're tucked away a little bit at the mm-hmm. moment but um beyond that though but it was like yeah like i thought i just thought it was cool that um he actually like he actually sent them to me when the season was done i thought that was awesome um that's so that's cool. kind of one of my better memories and i think like it's also like i said the the team no longer exists so it's like i and i have these these two, collectors like, items yeah i guess it's like this little um, piece of Division Three rugby league history um, to uh, kind of hold on to. Um, they are also like game worn kits too. They have like the numbers and stuff on the back, and so uh, those uh, all player cuts. So they're a little tight, so you don't really see me wearing them around too often, but they look cool. Um, so that's uh, that's kind of my Wolfpack story. Like I said, I mean, I know I touched a little bit on um, some of the faults that the Wolfpack might have had. Um, with it but ultimately it's like no one wants to see a team fold or a team get kicked out of their league or a team relocate um anybody that's ever been a fan of a team that has had that happen to them everyone we all know how much it sucks and i mean and uh you know i'm gonna miss the wolf pack um and like the sad thing is is like honestly like i don't know Stu, about this is like i've seen this come. i probably am not gonna watch super league at like and it's not it's not so much because yeah. the wolf pack are gone but it's like my connection to watch super league was the wolf pack because yeah. they were in that league but it's like i feel yeah. like now like if i'm going to watch the nr or like rugby league i'm watching the nrl because it's way better yeah 
yeah like the you know what i mean so it's like i think i think for that reason it's like i mean the super league's probably out a little bit because i'm sure there's a lot of people like me and it's like i would much rather like watch the the best leagues in the world and stuff right like yeah it's um which I mean, you can kind of see with like soccer fans here, right? It's like people watch the MLS, but then everybody tunes into the Premier League on the weekend too, right? Yeah. Um, and so I mean, I'm I'm just now if there's no team, I'll go back to just watching Origin and the NRL and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Are you kind of in the same boat there? Or? Yeah, as in, like the only connection I had to rugby league as a whole was the Wolfpack yeah. and. And you're from the UK too, which yeah. Also, which also says something about where the sport stands in, yeah. like yeah. popularity. I, yeah, as in, obviously, I'm from the Midlands, and my mum's Welsh. My dad's um, played rugby union at his uh, university, so it was always going to be an education on rugby union growing up. So that was my um, choice of code. I didn't have a choice at all, but. Yeah. Um, it does seem to be the issue now and it's been expressed by Wolfpack fans, especially on Twitter because they're looking for this 12th team and they say you have to have a um, stadium that holds at least 5,000 people and a regular attendance of at least 2,000. And a lot of comments are going like, oh, I know a team like that. <laughs> they're called the Toronto Wolfpack. Yeah. Um, but, you know what? Though that's the one thing. It's like, man, honestly, like I didn't really like. I said I watched. If I was watching League before the Wolfpack, I would watch NRL, and then I got into Super League because of the Wolfpack. Even if they were in League One or the Championship, and now yeah. that when I started to get in into Super League, if there's one thing I have learned over the last four years of like watching the Wolfpack, the RFL and Super League might be the worst run league in the world, like yeah. of any sport. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, I, I know. I know. I kind of went in on like you know some of the mistakes the Wolfpack made here. But just to be clear, like this league is horrendously yeah. operated. Yeah, that, that, this a is multitude the thing. of reasons that we probably would need a seven-hour podcast. Yeah, uh, like we we obviously we're not the most in tune with the goings on of Super League, and I have a lot of complaints of how Rugby Union is run. But it's, it's apples and oranges compared to the RFL yeah, exactly. and the Super League. It's, Good lord, it's. No, I mean, it's brutal. Well, that's the one thing that's been going around that sponsorship deal that just gets them free pizza instead of actual money. Like that's a thing that a professional sports league has. <laughs> yeah, that's oh man, Our, uh, man. Yeah, no, like I mean, the RFL. Yeah. RFL Super League. Like, they think. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah. Well, good, good good luck, guys. I hope. Yeah. I don't know. I, good luck. I mean, I'm probably not tuning in anymore. Um, uh, but anyways, move. I ah, think time to move on, Stu. What do you think? Yeah, I think. Any, I think it's any other points on the Wolfpack here? No, I, I think our limited knowledge of um, rugby league has been exhausted. So. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll leave it to the experts like Sherwin and Lil and. All yeah, exactly. Work. No, uh, no sponsorship for free pizza. That's bad. Um. But um, anyways, yeah. So moving on, man. We um, Stu. I know uh, maybe I'll let, let you kind of lead into this because I I know I want to follow up to some of the stuff that you want to say here. But um, the uh, the Giltinis are rising within uh, Major League Rugby. Here we have um some players finally. Yes, um, we do. Yeah. So uh, we got 
Watson, Feliki Tonga, Blake Rogers, and David Dennis have all been announced um, on, you know, three consecutive days here. The first uh, three Giltinis players. Yeah, well, but they also have announced um, Adam Ash as well. So they've announced two um, Americans to Ooh. for the team. Um, David Dennis, the first Australian. And for Adam Ash, they even declared him as the first European signing. So who knows, maybe they've got another uh, European on the uh, team list mm-hmm. to announce within the next few days hopefully oh okay. but I, didn't, they, I didn't see the i didn't see adam ash by the time uh, we started recording this oh well i did and then when i went back to check they had taken it down so oh. he's so. hoping that by the time that this gets released and you're listening On to it Tuesday. adam ash has been announced um but uh you know it they did say that they you, were. You planning... saw it on the website and it's gone. Is that what you're yeah, saying well, right now? Well, that was the thing. I was looking for like more information about Blake Rogers. I just wanted to like confirm a few details. And then on the right, they have a list of all their news articles. And uh, it was like Adam Ash, the first European signing for the Guiltinis. And so I went and clicked on it, and um, they gave me all the uh, information there. And um, when I went back to check on it later, they said, uh, error 404, this page has not been found, which makes me think that uh, Gavin, the intern, has uh, pressed the wrong button and uh, you know may not have a job come Monday morning. Yeah. Um, so the, the Guiltinis originally announced that they were going to you know, own the month of November, and from November 1st, they would be announcing, they would announce their, fir- their first signings. Um, November 1st turned into November 14th. Um, the first person they announced was, uh, as you said, Watson Feliki Tonga, who they have spelt incorrectly on their website. You know what I was going to say? I wanted, I wanted to let you do the analysis, but we've talked about too many things that I wanted to talk about um, <laughs> to kind of go, oh, man, I have... You know what? No, like, oh, I just... I have issues with the way the they've been announcing their players. Um, I don't know, like, um, you know, yeah, it's, and you, you keep mentioning the things that I have issues with. And I'm like, I need to jump in. I need to, I need to say, say my thing here. Um, okay. So as you kind of mentioned one, apparently a, I didn't see this, you're saying this. So you're saying a player ended up on the website that they then took down, but it was up long enough for you to actually see it. Yeah. I oh. actually have like the URL link and everything. Oh, God. All right. Well, hopefully it's up on Monday. But um, anyways, so questions. I just have, I just have like questions and like thoughts. Um, as you just mentioned, um, Watson Feliki Tonga, who, by the way, great signing. That's super cool. Go with the first your first draft pick as the opening signing, making him like the undisputed, like original Giltini. Um, that's that's really cool. That's a great idea. As you said, you should probably spell his name right on the top of the headline <laughs> of the article, though. Um, and yeah, anyway, seriously, guys, like go to anyone listening, go to LA or guiltinis.com and click on it. Um, Feliki Tonga is missing the final A um, on his name, although his name does appear to be spelt correctly throughout the rest of the article. It's just kind of on the headline. Um, similarly, there is a tweet on Twitter that um, is accompanied by a, a video of him introducing himself to the team that also has his name spelt wrong um, with that A missing. Um, and I mean, huh, there's just like, you're making like a, like I'm looking at this and it's like, you're a brand new franchise. 
you've been extremely quiet all off season for like what were they silent for like what what did we say four months uh, better, no it's uh four or so five months was it june longer? july august yeah about yeah four months four months four months of silence um you know you kind of come back like you announced so it's like realistically you've announced your logo you participated in the draft in which Feliki Tonga was selected 14th overall out of Iona. Um, great pick. Um, and then you have a couple of announcements to your coaching staff, which again have been great, like uh, Corbacero, Carter, Coleman, Hoyles. Um, like the staff looks good. The players right now, even the players right now, um, Feliki Tonga, Rogers. Uh, Dennis, um, the kajillion of other guys that have been rumored and people seem to have already found out already. Um, but like your so your first player is like the, one of the biggest announcements you are going to make as a franchise, especially as a young franchise, who that first player is. And I just like question, like one, why did you spell his name wrong on the headline of the article um, and spell his name correctly throughout the rest of the article? And also, like, there's graphics that have his name. Like, you've proven that you know how to spell his name. So why is it wrong on the title? Um, Why has it been up for two weeks and it hasn't been fixed? Um, But also, or not two weeks, whatever, since the 12th, it's been up for half a week or whatever. Um, But um, so I was like, what? Like, that? that's an issue, I think. And then also, too, why did you release that at 5 a.m. Pacific time? Like 5 a.m. local time is when you chose to make this announcement. Like when in theory, like the majority of your local fan base, at least like the people that live in L.A. are probably still sleeping. Like that just it just seems like a super odd time to actually do that. So it's like one, like just with the announcement, it's like one, like the fact that and I mean, I like and the fact that like, you know, his name is spelt wrong in the headline of the article on your website um and you released it at 5 a.m which is like most of your fan base is still asleep or like i don't i just don't understand i just don't see like understand why at 5 a.m um is it it's just i don't know Stu. does that seem too early to you to do that like it's just like well 5 a.m in uh la will be Eight, eight, it's eight o'clock on the, on east, the coast. east coast. Or so nine o'clock on the coast coast in Atlantic. Eight east. And uh, I'm I'm saying eight a.m. in New York. That's, yeah, eight a.m. Uh, in New York. So um, yeah. But your I, fans, your fans aren't necessarily in New York. You're trying to grow that local fan base. Your local fan base is asleep. It's five a.m. That's right. Well, it's you like, know, maybe maybe it was just a you know. Um, it's obviously a, I think it's been a case of they've. Put the article in they put it in on like a timer setting to go live and but then why didn't you make the timer later in the in the morning well i think that may have been the case they may have said like 8 a.m yeah. and then it's I mean, just yeah. come up with They're, eastern time instead of yeah. pacific time in fairness they're out later like the other ones dennis and rogers have come out later yeah so that's that's good dennis and rogers looks like their names are spelled right on the articles yeah. too um but it's just yeah it's just i mean i like I know there's there's a lot of people that have a poor taste in their mouth on the guillotines already. And it's just, it's like, I think you have to nail this stuff. 
Um, yeah. You know, there's just that that saying that it's like, you know, like like a rose by any other name is just as sweet or whatever. Yeah. Right? And I think like ultimately, if you take that idea and it's like no matter what you call the team, if you nail the marketing, if you mail, nail like the game day presentation, nail all the other aspects of what's going to make your team great, then no matter what your team's called, in theory, people should show up. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, for us, Stu, like. Like if the Toronto Arrows, let's, I mean, maybe not something like the Giltinis, but if the Toronto Arrows were called something else, Toronto, I don't know, the Tigers, the Bobcats, something, would you still go? You would still be there, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. right? And so it's like the fact that they're called the Arrows, I love the Arrows branding. That's not saying I should, it's not yeah. saying change the Arrows branding or anything. I do love the Arrows branding. Um, they have a wicked new Arrows TV logo up on YouTube too. Yeah. Um, which is That's awesome. The Arrowhead in the, with TV written on, it's awesome. Go ch- um, so yeah, go check out the Arrows. So the, like I said, though, the Arrows branding is outstanding and they're doing everything great. Yeah. Um, fan experience at the game. Awesome. Um, players being interactive. It's awesome. And it's like, if, yeah, if, the arrows did the exact same thing, but had a different name. I would still be just as big of an arrows fan. Um, if they were called the the tigers or something, right. Or, you know, like, so it's, but you know, Giltini's obviously they got off to a bit of a rough start with the team name, but I feel like they could have made, they can make up for it if they, if they do everything else well. And I think starting off with having your first signing, and his name spelt wrong on the headline for your article. And, and it's at 5 a.m. I don't know if that gets that's putting you up off on the, the right foot necessarily. Um, but the, like on the pitch, though, first three signings, I mean, the team's looking good. So like at least the early stages. Also, I mean, like, like, I don't know. I don't know if if after being silent for so long, like I just maybe pick up the pace a little bit on the announcements, but they said they're going to do it one, I guess one a day until Christmas. Um, yeah. One, cool. one a day from, well, they said from between Nova, November 12th and Christmas day, yeah. they will be announcing the site. Now that doesn't necessarily mean they'll be assigning every day. Um, it could well mean, but it seems that that's, that would be 44 days. And does that mean they're announcing 44 uh, team members or will they be announcing something like 40, 40 or 35 and be taking like a couple of days to like promote something else or mm-hmm. like you know interviews with Alex Corbiziero for example of like how they're going to be preparing um, you know especially during COVID um, preparing for the season in 2021 so yeah. interesting um, I also remember seeing something on the LA tw- um, Goltini's Twitter page looking for a social and digital communications manager so that could be the issue why there have been like a few spelling errors to date um, I don't know if that position has been filled or not the uh, uh, applications closed on the 13th so I would imagine that it hasn't but yeah, uh, at the very so, well, it depends if they they waited for that application deadline date to come through. But that's that's good. Like I'm happy like they're doing that. Like they're clearly like I know it said um David Freyer like part of his thing was that he was mentioning his marketing um and digital media stuff, but um yeah. it's you know it, it, it is just one of those things where it's like I mean like I just yeah, like I mean I I want to 
like I honestly like I want to be a fan of like to a de- like to a degree I want to be a fan of every team in Major League Rugby. Um, the yeah. arrows will always be like a step above everyone else, but yeah. I want to you know everyone here, like we're just trying everyone's trying to grow like the game of rugby and stuff. But um, so I mean like I don't like like I want to like the Giltinis. Um, mm-hmm. even even with even with the goofy name, I still want to like them. I I like I think too. It's like you compare it, and it's like you do you ever like just watch Austin and be like. Are, these teams are owned by the same guy or whatever you have one team's doing like monday night football commercials and stuff yeah. um and yeah. pulling well out, that's the thing like, it's like there's obviously different they have the same owner but there's a different management structure in place so i think yeah. that so like, whoever yeah. whoever's doing it for austin sorry we sorry i don't have the name off the top of my head but you know that they're, they're putting uh la to shame at the moment, yeah, I no, I, I like especially as, yeah. especially a town with two NFL teams already. So you can't say like, oh well, we don't have a team to back when it comes to um, LA. It's like, come on, guys, really, really. So, LA's a big LA's a big market, man. It's it's uh, you got to uh, you definitely have to find that like niche and stuff in it and get those fans and grow the fan base. Um, which means you do have to kind of be precise. I think you have to be precise on these things and stuff. Right. And it's like, you know, um, like I can forgive typos and stuff, but it's like, there's multiple ones and stuff through it and it's yeah. your headline and stuff. Right. So it's like, you know, it's, uh, like, I don't know. And just, it'd be nice at, like going forward. I just like clean it up yeah. and stuff. Right. It is good that they've announced so uh, Fiki Tonga and uh, Blake Rogers. Um, obviously, Fiki Tonga was drafted uh, in the draft. Uh, Blake Rogers, he actually announced a few months ago that he was um, joining LA. So oh, it's good that they the Rugby find- Rant podcast. He did that, that one. Yeah, you know, our friends over at Rugby Rant. And but I think it's also good as well that they finally, finally, sorry, made that official and are going forward with that. Um, the big name so far has been David Dennis. This is um, a Canadian, uh, not Canadian. Sorry, Canadian. Um, <laughs> right, he's, he's not Canadian. He's Australian. Yeah. The uh, Southern Hemisphere Canadian. Um, he, But interesting is that he has been signed on a two-season deal, um, having recently played for Exeter, obviously the Champions Cup and Premiership winning team for 2020. So he comes with a wealth of experience. He's obviously he's also obviously played for his nation, so he has that experience. He's played in um, Super Rugby in the Southern Hemisphere as well. So this seems to be a veteran of the game, and um, in his mid thirties, I believe. Yeah. And you know, as he's one of the guys, and if this is his um, two years. Um, to live in LA and play some rugby and, you know, just enjoy himself before his retirement or his transition into coaching. I think that's a fantastic um, place to be. Obviously he's going to be coached under um, Alex Corbiziero. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to be interested in seeing the uh, forwards for LA just because they have Corbiziero as a coach, Um, but they also seem to be building a solid spine for their team so far with picking a lock and number eight so far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I said, David Dennis, um, I would talk more about Adam Ash. Um, he's Scottish, which must be to the irritation of old glory DC. Cause I believe that they have a connection with, um, 
uh, Scottish Rugby Union, so they must be miffed that they didn't uh, get him beforehand. But um, you know, Adam Ash also has international experience, so that's two um, tier one uh, rugby union internationals that will be joining LA. So I know I think my major gripe with LA is the logo more than the name. I think the name. I think the name silly. I think the logo can be problematic, but yeah. But you, you know what? With I know I kind of ripped on the, you know how that announcement came out, um, for Feliki Tonga. But um, I gotta say I do like what they did with Dennis on social media. They put up the graphic that has a, obviously just a picture of Dennis, and then it says it's the the like the caption. I guess their tweet is just all the trophies. The last instead of a trophy, it's a martini glass or guiltini glass i guess but the the graphic is um super rugby anglo welsh cup champions cup two-time english premiership three-time shoot shield major league rugby championship question mark and it's and i'm like that's that's like that's a cool graphic i like i like that like kind of hype that up a little bit um that you know you you're bringing over a guy that does have you know he's got 107 caps with the waratahs i mean so you played over 100 games in super rugby great achievement 55 games for exeter um and you know 18 wallabies caps he's going to bring over that experience brings over i know he's going to help out with a little bit of coaching and stuff so that's a it's, it's a great signing and stuff but it's like it's weird. It's nice to look at. So I like, I want to highlight it just because I know I did kind of, you know, rip on um, the yeah. guillotines a little bit, do more like that, do more yeah. things like that. And, and you'll be, you'll be good. I do like that. I'd like that graphic and stuff. So, um, yeah. you know, and speaking uh, of social media so far, the players that they have, um, got, or have announced on social media. So Fiki Tonga, Dennis and Rogers, all, have a video of them talking to camera yeah. talking like how excited they are to join which I, th- I think that's great to have good, i think yeah. that's uh you know good outreach to have and it's you know makes it more personal so it's not just another guy in the uh kit mm-hmm. it's someone that you know play uh fans and you know maybe kids can like look up to and be like oh yeah that's my guy i remember him when i first yeah. saw him on like twitter or instagram i think this is I think it's a unique uh, take to do. Um, I also want to say that although there have been like a few hiccups, obviously uh, the Fiki Tonga spelling, I think this is going to benefit um, LA for the next month and a half because unless the Seawolves or Utah do their announcements in a similar way, I think, We're always I, going to be talking about um, LA until yeah. Christmas, essentially. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, you know what? Good point. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's part of the reason. I believe Utah is doing like a big announcement with some sort of fan event because they're able. Yes, to Yes, I think that. it's in before their Utah Selects yeah. game next. The last, yeah, night. before the last Utah Selects game. Um, so I mean, if you're gonna like for Utah, like they obviously 
LA, Utah, Seattle have been the teams that have released the least amount of player information or signing so far. If Utah has been holding out to be able to do it like somewhat in person with whatever fans that they can. And, you know, the state of Utah is allowing under whatever their COVID rules are, which I am definitely not an expert on what Utah's COVID rules are. So, um, but it's like, if you're, if that's your plan for Utah, all the power to Utah, um, I hope it goes well for them. And I hope, you know, fans are enjoying those Utah selects games since they're the Warriors selects games. Um, and, you know, as long as everyone's enjoying it and being safe for it, if you're, you know, if you're able to safely do it, then, or then like, you know, so be it, have a huge fan event. Seattle kind of seems to be, you know, at least, at least LA is doing one a day. Seattle seems to be on like a one a week sort of hmm. timeline. So I guess we'll get that, get that full roster in like August or something, but <laughs> Oh, just just yeah, ideally we can the, the shield, which they'll probably win because this is Seattle we're <laughs> yeah, talking exactly. about after all. Um, but yeah, so I'm yeah hoping we can get some more uh, signing news coming from LA. Um, looking forward to the big Utah event that will uh, hopefully announce, if not the entire team, at least the majority of it, and any anything at all from Seattle, anything at all, just something, anything. I'm. I really want to know what Canada's second team is going to pick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, you know, I, I do usually rely on Dan to um, kind of wrap, wrap up these podcast episodes um, since that's his job. But like I said, he put a bet on the all blacks this past weekend. Um, so I, he, He's not here because um, I don't know. I guess he's dodging, dodging somebody that he owes a lot of money to. Who knows? Um, you know, obviously, you know, so I'm just going to try my best to wrap this up, which apparently <laughs> I am stumbling over anyway. Stu, maybe you should wrap this up. Um, uh, yeah. You know what? I'm going to turn it over to you because apparently I have no idea how to do this. Okay. Thank you to everyone for watching or listening to our podcast. You can follow us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at LaRouge Rugby. There you go. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. That's, you know, I'm turning it over to you every single time after that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thanks everybody from listening. Um, if you see Dan, uh, maybe give him a loan so we can pay back whoever he owes. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully he'll be around for episode 49 next week.